Welcome to another episode of Daf Shui, Weekly Daf. Give me 40 minutes or so and I'll give you a Daf or so. I'm Aryeh Cohen. And here I am in Los Angeles, Tangvaland, two days before Purim. Two days before Purim. We really need some Vinahafoku action this week, this year. Some Vinahafoku energy, some overturning Haman. But as always, the secret of Purim is that could overturn Haman, and Mordechai could win, but it's only temporary until you get rid of Achashverosh. And that's why the point of Purim is to recognize that there's no difference between Haman and Mordechai until you get rid of Achashverosh, until you make structural, systemic change, both domestically and in the world, you still have Haman, and Achashverosh gives Haman the ring. So that's the secret of Purim, but our hearts are with the refugees in Ukraine, those who are being bombed and killed amongst all the refugees in the world coming up from the southern border in Africa. But right now, top of mind, admittedly, are the refugees in Ukraine. And so we are hoping for some Vinahafohu energy, so turning this upside down. And now for a special announcement. Here we are in our comfy little Beit Midrash in the Closet. Every 10 days or so, we bring you the highest quality Daf Shui programming available on this site. We so appreciate your being here with us, pulling up a chair to our imaginary table, and joining in the centuries-old process of asking the question, what were the rabbis thinking? So now, we are asking for you, if you are able, to be partners in this venture by going to our Patreon page, which is linked on the podcast page, and becoming card-carrying members of the Beit Midrash, cards not included, Remember, we are not one of those corporate Dafyomi outfits. We're more of a rickety storefront Stiebel Dafyomi. Thank you so much. Who's Daf? I Daf! So we are on the last line of Peydalid Amud Bet uh, 84B in the layout that was publicized and popularized by the widow and brothers Ram in. Vilna, low these 150 years ago. So uh, we're continuing in the sugya, we're continuing in the discussion of how to acquire um, acquisitions. And so as an introduction to the sugya, we're going to the Me'iri, Me'iri, Catalan, 14th century, um, has a good introduction to this part of the sugya, this part of the conversation, and we'll just read that and then we'll get into it. A person's vessels acquire for him in an alley. So, in other words, if Ruvain is selling something to Shifra, and Shifra has a basket and puts it down on the ground in an alleyway, then as soon as uh, Ruvain pours whatever it is, the beans or the tomatoes or the wine or the oil into uh, Shifra's vessel, her basket or her container, she acquires whatever that stuff is. So a person's vessels acquire for them in an alley. However, they do not acquire for them either in a public domain or the domain of the seller because a person's vessels affect acquisition only in a place where they have permission to place the vessels. Right? So if Ruvain and Shifra are standing in a public domain, or Shutrabim, in the middle of Fifth Avenue, and Ruvain is selling Shifra a load of, of barley because Shifra is going home and making challenge, which Ruvain is going to come over and eat, but Schiffer wants the challenge, wants the bean. Anyway, it's getting too complicated of a narrative. Then in the public domain, 
even if it's Schiffer's basket, um, and she puts it down on the on in the public domain, and Ruvain pours the beans in or pours the oil in, or if it's in Ruvain's domain, right? Schiffer goes over to Ruvain's house, and there she puts down her basket, and he pours the barley into the basket. The basket does not affect the acquisition because a person's vessels affect acquisition only in a place where he has permission to place the vessels. So Schiffer doesn't have permission to put her vessel into the public domain, and she can't just leave it there or put it into or in, or in Ruvain's house. So in any event, the public domain and the seller's domain are not equivalent in this respect. For in a public domain, even if the seller said, and a, quote, and acquire it with this vessel, unquote, it is not acquired. Right? So if Ruvain was selling barley to Shifra, and Shifra put out her basket, and Ruvain poured the barley into the basket and said to Shifra, acquire it with your basket. In other words, as I am pouring it, you acquire it. Doesn't work because it's a public domain, and it is only acquired once Shifra picks it up and walks away with it, with Hagba'a or Mishicha, picking it up or walking away with it. For in a public domain, even if the seller said it and acquired it with his vessel, it is not acquired. However, in the seller's domain, if it was in Ruvain's house, it is not acquired only when the seller doesn't say anything, right? So if Schiffer brings a basket, puts it down in Ruvain's living room, Ruvain pours the barley into the basket, Schiffer doesn't acquire it until she picks it up. However, if the seller explicitly says that the vessels, that is the vessel of this, even the vessel of the seller, should affect acquisition, then it is acquired, for it is as if the seller lends him the vessel. Right? So in other words, if Schiffer comes and puts her basket down, or even if Schiff, if Ruvain puts his vessel down, his basket, and pours the barley into it for Schiffer and says, acquire it with this as he's pouring it, then immediately Schiffer acquires the vessel. Now that means that, let's say he's pouring wine in, or, or oil, or barley, and in the middle, Schiffer says, you know what, forget it. So if the seller, if Ruvain had said, acquire it with the vessel, then too bad. If he had, you know, half of the, half of the vessel was full of beans, so then uh, Schiffer gets those beans. She can't pull back because she has already acquired it. If not, if he hadn't said anything and it's in his living room, then Schiffer can renege on the sale until she picks it up and walks away with it because she has not acquired it yet. Okay, so that's kind of the background. That's kind of here we see the framing, the what's at play. And what's at play is is also a comment, a theoretical comment, though the rabbis don't do theory, but a theoretical comment on what um, domains mean and the dance, the navigation between acquisition and domains. There's kind of a a, a delicate dance between domains and acquisitions because is your vessel, not in your domain, can you acquire, are you allowed to be there, things like that. So that's the tension, and that's what this, uh, yeah, that's what this discussion is about. So here we start. Rav Shmuel, Damri Travaya, both Rav and Shmuel said, Kelav shel adam konelo b'chol makom chutz Rav and Shmuel said that the vessel, a person's vessels, acquire for him, affect acquisition for him in any place except for the public domain. Rav Yochanan Reish Lakish, Rav Shimon Ben Lakish, Damir Travai, Afilu Bishadrabi. Rav Yochanan Reish Shimon Ben Lakish both say even in Bishadrabi. Now, Rav and Shmuel, Babylonian, Rav Yochanan Reish Lakish, 
Palestinian. I mean, they're both of the same generation. They're both, Rabbi Shmuel are considered the founders of the Babylonian Academies. Rabbi Yochan Rish Lakish, uh, if not the founders, then the kind of cornerstones of the Palestinian Academy. They say even in Rishad Rabbim. So here we have a machloket between them, a dispute between them. Amar Rav Papa, la pligi. So Rav Papa, later generation Babylonian Amara, says, no, it's not actually a dispute. Kan Rishad Rabbim, kan besimta. Here, one is talking about Rishad Rabbim, and one is talking about a simta. In other words, that when when Rab and Shmuel say that a person's vessels acquire for him in any place except for the public domain, that's talking about actually a public domain. Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish, when they talk about even Rishad Rabim, they don't mean Rishad Rabim, they mean a simta, an alley. So an alley is a place which is not public and not private, but it's a place that both people can put down their things in. It's like, it's it's one of those, it's it's a street that goes between private domains, right? And people in those private domains have permission to access it. We, we spoke about that earlier in the second and third chapters. So the Sam says, so why, if that's true, if Rav Papa's distinction that Rav and Shmuel are talking about just the public domain and Rabbi Yochan and Rish Lakish are talking about a simta, an alleyway, so why did they call it Rishad Rabbi in public domain? She'ein Rishad Yachid. Because here, simta means not private. So it's not saying that it's, so it's not that it's public, but it's not private. So what, what it means when it says Rishad Rabim, he means not private, which means also a simta. Hachinami mistabra. This makes sense. Why? Because the principle is, as we saw in the Miri, that a person's vessels affect acquisition for them in any place that the person has permission to put them down. Yesh shoot in, in shoot lo. If he has, if a person has permission to put them down, then they affect acquisition. If not, no. So a person does not have permission to put their vessels down in the Rishut Rabim, in the public domain. Right, so if you put your meaning, so what's the effect of that? If you put your vessel down in, in the public domain and somebody comes and trips over it and breaks it, it's your fault, not their fault. Or somebody trips over it and hurts themselves, it's you're you're on the hook for that, right? Because you don't have permission to put your vessel down and uh, to put your your dad. Every if everybody puts stuff down in the public domain, then it's no longer public. It's private, or it's just a mess, one or the other. Shmaminas. So therefore, we 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 understand that Rav Papa's distinction actually works, being a uh, 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 that Rabbi Yochanan and Lakish are talking about a simta tashma. So actually, now we're going to bring in a brayta, which is uh, we only find it here, but there's something which is similar to it in the Tosefta, and part of it is similar to Mishnah later on in the Parak. So we we don't really know. Okay, tashma arbami dot b'mochrin. So there are four categories of interaction in terms of selling. So midot here, midah, and we've seen this word midot, we saw it in, in the in the previous Mishnah, or actually the Mishnah before the previous Mishnah, but here we're talking about there are four things that happen when one sells to somebody else, okay, when the sale is affected. Ad shelo nitmala midah lamocher. Mishin nitmala midah lelokech. So, until the vessel is filled up, so then it belongs, whatever is filling the vessel up, belongs to the seller. Once the vessel was filled up, it belongs to the buyer. However, what, what's the caveat here? What, what, in what, what are we talking about? This is talking about a, a vessel which is, belongs to neither one of them. 
But if the vessel belonged to one of them, then it acquire affects acquisition um, as it is poured in. Now, shall echad mehen, so the Rashbam understands that as either the buyer or the seller, which is how we would understand that in modern Hebrew. But then he has to explain that the difference is the seller, right? It's already his, right? So in other words, he's not selling it until he finishes. But the buyer, as it goes in, it's as if there are shinatot. That's my new word for the week, a shenet is a marking of a quantity, like up and so each, for each shenet that is filled up in the vessel, then it is acquired, right? So if it belongs to the lokeach, if it belongs to the buyer, so rishon, rishon, kanai, the buyer, if it's the buyer's vessel, it acquires as he's going up. So the Yad Ramah and, and others say that it's actually Shalachamia and it belongs to one of them, that one of them is Dafka, the buyer. So if it belongs to the buyer, then the buyer acquires as it's being poured in at each Shenet, at each, you know, like when it says an ounce or a cup or a quart inside the, the vessel, whatever vessel it is. But Medvarim Amorim, however, what are we talking about? This is only talking about the public domain or a courtyard which doesn't belong to both of them. But in the domain of the seller, the acquisition is not affected until the buyer picks it up or takes it out of the domain. If it's in the domain of the buyer, once the seller agrees, then the buyer acquires it. Right? So in other words, meaning I'm going to sell it to you or whatever, he's pouring it in. So then it becomes, then the sale is affected. One more. If we're talking about a domain in which the fruit were deposited, either a domain which belongs to neither the uh, seller or the buyer, so then the seller does not acquire until he accepts it, right? Or until he rents the space in which it is for acquisition, right? If he rents the space from the uh, the the person who it is deposited to. Now, there is a different girsa in this last line. So then he doesn't acquire it until he picks it up or if he takes it out of his of his domain, which is the same as the line previously for Rishut Mocher, right, for the seller. So now that brings up the question of what are the four Rishiot? Even before we get onto why this Tashma was brought in, was brought here, it says there are four different, not Rishiot, four different Midot, four different categories of sale. So there are two possibilities here. Rashbam says that the four different things are not four different Rishiot, we have, of course, we have Rishut We have a public domain or the courtyard that doesn't belong to either of them. Um, we have the uh, seller's domain. We have the buyer's domain. And we have the domain of the person who it was deposited with. So the Rashbam says that that's not what the four things are. Rather, the four thing, and the reason that that's not is because there we have the seller's domain and the domain of the person that it is deposited to have the same halacha, that lo that you don't buy it until the buyer doesn't buy it until they pick it up or they take it out of the domain. So the Rashbam says, why are those two different things? They should have said all together, Rashut Mocher or Rashut Halam of Kadinitzel. 
So rather, the Rashbam says that there are four types of sales going on here. A is when the vessel doesn't belong to either of them. So then you have a distinction until it's filled up, it still belongs to the seller. And once it is filled, then it belongs to the buyer. Then you have the measurement that it belongs to one of them or to the loca- to the buyer. And there you have that the f- that that as it fills up, it is acquired. Then the third is the the domain of the seller or the domain of the person who it's deposited by. And there it's acquired when it is picked up or taken out of the domain by the buyer. And then finally, you have the domain of the buyer. And as soon as the seller accepts upon himself that he's going to sell, then the buyer buys. Okay, Tosvot disagree with the Rashbam because if the Rashbam is right, then the Brayta should have combined the seller's domain and the domain of those who it's deposited by and didn't. So since the, the Brayta didn't combine those two, obviously it's two different things. This week's podcast is brought to you by Chunky Water. Are you tired of the binary choice still or sparkling water? Can you believe we're still there in the 21st century? Well, binary choice no longer. Now you can say, I'll have chunky water, please. With our maybe, possibly, could be patented process, we lower the temperature of water to well below 32 degrees in a special machine called a freezer. We then carefully cut the water into chunks, and then voila, we were able to give you perfect chunky water every time. So the next time someone asks, say, chunky water, please. So there we go. So that's where it's at. And that's, so that's, so that is what this Arbamidot Pemochim, for, there are four categories of sale, and we have a difference in how to number them, where the four, where the four are. But what's important here. Well, then the reason this is brought in is because Kitani Miat Rabim Nashal So the, this Brighta does say, does talk about the public domain and the courtyard which is which d- belongs to neither of them. And in that the public domain it says talking about, you know, going back so there we had Rabbi Yochran and Reish Lakish who said that even in the public domain um, that you you uh, uh, a person's um, that a person vessels acquire for for him, and here we have a distinction in the public domain when it's a uh, it depends on what the the vessel is, it depends on whether it's filled up or not. So it's not so clear, it's not so simple. So it does say Bershut uh, Rabim. and uh, in a courtyard that doesn't belong to them, that seems to pose a problem. For Rabbi Yochanan Reish Lakish, my love, Bereshit Rabbi Mabash, lo besimta. No, so the stamp says, so is this not talking about Bereshit Rabbi, an actual Bereshit Rabbi? So no, it's talking about a simta in alleyway. So then uh, Rabbi Yochanan Reish Lakish are in the clear. Bahai dumi dechatzer sheinashal shneim ketani, and this is like a courtyard which is neither of theirs. In other words, a simta is a courtyard which doesn't belong to either of them. My chatzer dummy. What does it mean, a chatzer which doesn't belong to either of them? So here we're so saying that it's not, it doesn't belong to this one totally, or this one totally, but it belongs to both of them. So Rav Sheshet asked a question from of Rav Huna. So the vessels of, in the vessels of the buyer, 
in the domain of the seller. So does the buyer acquire them? Does that affect acquisition for the buyer or not? Okay, so Ruvain pours the barley into Shifra's basket, but it's in Ruvain's living room. So does Shifra acquire just by the fact that Ruvain's pouring the barley there into the into into Shifra's basket? Amar Tani Tua. So uh, Rav Huna says, well, learn it from this Mishnah from Gittin. If a husband throws a get into his wife's lap or into her basket, behold, she is divorced. So the the argument there would be that the woman is is in the husband's domain and he throws the the get into her lap. And yet it is she is divorced, meaning she has acquired it. So she doesn't have to do anything just by sitting there or having her basket there. She has acquired it, even though she's sitting in her husband's domain. So that would mean that when the seller puts the barley into the buyer's basket, even if it's in the seller's domain, still the buyer would acquire it. Not so fast. Amalai Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman interjects here. My time What's the matter with you, Ravuna? Why did you answer from that Brita or that Mishnah? Because that Brita has been answered with a hundred bangs of a hammer. In other words, people have thrown that out. Why? People have said that's not a great example. And why? Why? Because so we have lots of different answers, lots of different reasons why that example has nothing to do with the example of acquiring in the the uh, domain of the seller. Reviewda says the name of Shmuel because it that was talking about when the basket is tied on tar. Right? It's tied around her neck or tied, you know, she has across her shoulders. Reish Lakish says that it's tied to her even though it is not tied on her. And even though it's not dangling from her. Rabada Baraba says it's a case where the basket is is resting between her feet, even if it's on the ground, but it's between her feet. So for example, Ramisharsha, the son of Rav Ami says, for example, if her this is talking about a case where her husband was a basket seller. So he didn't care that she kept baskets there. So, Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Makom Chayka Kanuila, Makom Kalata Kanuila, and Rabbi Yochanan says, her lap is hers, and just like, so too, her basket is hers, right? So therefore, if you're saying it's not, it's, it is a completely different thing than if a buyer is putting it into the, the vessel of a seller in the place of the buyer. Amarava, my time is Rabbi Yochanan. So, Rabbi here says, why did Rabbi Yochanan say what he said about her Lap is hers, just like her basket is hers. The fisha ain adam makpid lo amakom chikav lo amakom kila lo amakom kalata. Because a person does not take exception to either the place of their lap or the place of their basket, meaning that it's uh, the husband doesn't assume ownership over that. Elap shot la meha. So rather answer rather. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to the question of can, what affects acquisition when the seller pours into 
the buyer's vessel in the seller's domain. So from this, let's go back to our Brita, where it says if it's in the domain of the seller, so the buyer doesn't buy until he picks it up or he takes it out of the seller's domain. My love, Bikelav de Lokech. Is that not talking about the basket of the buyer? Lo, Bikelav de Mocher. No, that's talking about the basket of the vessel of the seller. Umidoresha, Bikelav de Mocher. Sefanami, Bikelav de Mocher. So since that part is talking about the vessel of the seller, so the end should also be talking about the, the vessel of the seller. Really? Ema Sefer. So let's read the end. Bereshit Lokech. When it's in the domain of the buyer, as soon as the mocher agrees to sell it, so then the buyer acquires it. But if you're talking about the vessel that belongs to the seller, why did the buyer acquire it even when the seller says it's okay? So the and this part here about the domain of the of the buyer is talking about also the vessels of the buyer. Umay pasca, and how do we how do we know this? Or what is the the over what is the guiding principle? The ruling principle. Stama de milta be mocher mani de mocher shchichi. In general, when we're talking about the domain of the seller, so we're talking so we are talking about the vessels of the seller. And we're talking about the domain of the buyer. We're talking about the vessels of the buyer. Or in the domain of the buyer, it's the vessels of the buyer is, is what's usually around. Same thing, we're talking about the, the vessels of the seller, the, the domain of the seller. So we'd be talking about the vessels that belong to the seller. And there we go. We're going to stop there. So the delicate dance that we have done here today is what is the controlling principle? Is it the domain? Is it the vessel? Is it the intent of sale or acquisition? And how those things come across each other because a person's, you know, when a person's vessels acquire for him, when a person's vessels affect acquisition, how does that play out in different domains? And that's what we dance through today with our Gemara. Thank you for joining me today in the Beit Midrash in the Closet. I am Arye Cohen. You can follow me on Twitter at Irmiklat, I-R-M-I-K-L-A-T. And as always, I want to thank my producer, Eli Unger-Sargon, so much. Please check out his podcast, Four Cubits, with Jeff Helmreich. And uh, they just finished a series, series in the can, on racism. And anti-racism, very good. I want to thank, as always, my chavruta, Charlotte van Robert, and the communications department of Dafshui Shachar Cohen Hodos, who created that lovely logo. Questions, comments, criticisms, future inquiries, bookings, are all at the widow and the brothers at gmail.com. I love to hear from y'all. Be well, stay safe. Purim Sameach in whatever way you understand that. May the next time we meet be in a more peaceful world. See you next week.